Young, black, and widowed. And no, we're not talking about the usual classification of young widows. We're talking about millennials and Gen Z. That's right, 20-somethings and 30-somethings, like myself, who lost their spouse just as life seemed to be beginning. I'm your host, Azure Johnson Redman, executive director of the new nonprofit Young, Black, and Widowed Incorporated. Hey everyone, today I am speaking with Janine Davis and she is going to share her widowhood journey. Janine, how is everything past, present, and what you're looking forward to in the future? Hello everyone, I am Janine and I'm from Ohio. And um, widowhood has definitely been a journey. It has been um, five years for me and that journey started with, you know, once you, you know, once my husband passed, then it's the planning process. And then from there having the funeral and then living life as a widow um, and being a young black widow, it's, it's difficult. Um, you, you look for the support and you're get, navigating new waters and uncharted territory and it was very, very hard. Um, I was thankful to be able to find a grief share support group, which is a uh, Christian-based um, group. Um, I went to several, several sessions and I also did individual counseling um, to, just to help me to really process all of the feelings that I had, um, guilt, anger, sadness, it, it, all of it. Um, and I'm very, very thankful for the um, people that I met on that in those groups. Um, I don't know where I would have been without that today because um, you just, it was so unexpected um, that I never thought at the age of 35 that I would be a widow. Um, so that journey has kind of led me today. It's been um, six years and uh, oh, five years, actually, it's been five years. Um, and I still see a counselor um, and still to process everything. And, and I have good days and I have not so good days. Um, I often wish I had more time. Um, we were only married five years and the biggest thing that I wanted or still want is more time. I agree. Um, so where, yes. So kind of where I'm at today. <laughs> well, about two years after I started uh, or after he passed away, I started a group called um, Open Table Fellowship. And we've been on a break since COVID, but prior to COVID, um, I started the group because I found Sundays to be the hardest. Yes. Sundays were family day and, you know, you come home. I came home from church and I found myself oftentimes alone. Um, I do come from a good family, a good support system, but still they have their own lives. Um, so I just reached out to other single women and I first started off at my church and we would go to different restaurants. And we would just have food and fellowship. 
Um, so once it started getting bigger, I then decided just to have it in my home so we could connect more and really get a chance to talk. And it would be a little bit more cost effective for the women. Right. And um, we just continued to meet. And prior, like I said, prior to COVID, we were meeting the first Sunday of every month. And it was amazing. Um, just the support. It was all different ages and just single women, you know, at least having one meal together a month. Um, so I do still work. Um, and so getting out of the house is a little bit, it was a little bit of a challenge. I kept a very busy schedule. And uh, <laughs> as we know, COVID kind of changed all that, which for me, put a huge damper because I work from home. So I've been telecommuting for 11 years. And so I kept a very active schedule on purpose. Um, I don't have any kids. And uh, so when everything kind of changed and we were more home, that, that really took a toll. And um, I had to process everything from last year. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of where I'm at today. Um, I'm helping with uh, supporting widows at church and even that's a little bit of a journey. Um, because you find yourself in a different space um, than older widows. Um, yes, that's definitely true. Yes, like trying to, um, I, I'm all, I've always been one who's a supportive person and can empathize. And um, so that's easy for me to give. Um, but getting that support, it, it, we're just in two different areas of life. Um, so trying to navigate those waters and understand it is, is a little tough. It's a little tough for sure. So oh, yeah, definitely. Can you tell us about what happened when you were widowed? Yes. Um, like as far as just, um, just your, your timeline and what happened. Okay. Um, so I became a widow in January of 2016. Um, and I would say the first two years were the most difficult. The first year, I think I was just numb and just trying to figure out life and trying to figure out what was the next thing I needed to do and just dealing with the first of everything, like the first anniversary, um, the first holidays and all, and all of and that. Birthdays so I think and all that. Yes. Yes. And so the way my, I guess, journey is from, I would say November, the start of the holidays through about the first half of the year is extremely difficult. Um, you have the holidays, you have January, which is his um, death anniversary. And then both of our birthdays were in April and then May is our anniversary. So like, and then even Mother's Day, I, like I, I struggle with Mother's Day because we didn't have children. 
And so I struggle with the, the missing and the loss of our future and what that could have been and if that would have included kids. So Mother's Day is tough for me. Um, oh, I understand that. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. And so like that second year, you, you really do realize, oh, this, this is life. This is where I'm at. And so it's a whole nother level of intensity of grief. And, and so, yeah, those first two years, I was all over the place. Um, but in the midst of that, I still had to work. Um, and I had some amazing coworkers and an amazing supervisor because there would be days I would just call and I'd be like, I can't do it today. Um, and, or I could only work a couple hours. And so I was very thankful for her to be under, able to understand um, what I was going through and, and needing the time, but still having to work because I needed to work. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so, so hence why, you know, I, I started some things and, um, I found church to be a very, a very good place for healing along with just finding support, um, through group counseling and individual counseling. And you had actually been through a really long ordeal with him having kidney failure. Yes, um, his kidney failures probably started towards the end of um, 2014. And so we were on that journey in 2015, just trying to navigate fully what was going on. Um, it, it was declining and it was declining rapidly. And so they, the doctors thought maybe it was like an infection or things like that. And it really just was his diabetes being very aggressive, which in his family, it was, it was aggressive. Um, so he, towards the end of 15, I want to say November-ish, they put him on a steroid um, just because they still thought, it, you know, maybe it was something else. Um, but that ended up not being good at all. It just, it made things worse. It made him extremely tired. Um, and to where he would just go to work and just was coming home and just basically sleeping. He was tired. Um, so we saw the specialist again in January, uh, 2016. And at that point we had made the decision that he was going to be coming off of that steroid, going to be starting dialysis and getting on the kidney transplant list. And that was a Tuesday. And that Thursday we went into the hospital because he was complaining of leg pain. And so um, I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. I knew it it took a lot if he wasn't feeling well to go to the hospital. Um, So they just kind of monitored him through the night. And then by the end, somewhere in the middle of the night when they came to check on him, he wasn't he wasn't really alert. So that's when they decided to move him to ICU. In the midst of them moving him and getting him settled, he became unresponsive. And um, after that, things kind of just went fast. And next thing I knew, I was having to call my family, his family, 
to let them know that he had passed away. And at the time I was there at the hospital by myself because he was doing okay. Um, right. So it went rather quickly. Um, right. So, yes. And yes, then having yeah. to move on, move forward with life without him is, is never easy, but it's so inspiring that you started um, helping other women in the ministry and having them over to your home so that once a month, other women who had, who were widows or were single could have a meal together. And let me tell you, if that was happening in Tennessee, in my area, I would definitely go to that. Um, <laughs> it would be so nice to just have a meal where I'm not the only, like, I'm not alone as an adult. I do have two little toddlers that are kind of in their own world but it would be amazing to just be have have food with other like-minded people who were kind of dealing with similar things of being alone of being single um how has being single you know treated you um <laughs> recently how is that how's that going <laughs> Ooh, that has been extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I've tried online dating and it's just, I don't know if it's just not for me, but it, I haven't been very successful at it. Um, I've tried just joining some on some groups in Facebook and I recently just got on clubhouse. So I'm trying some different things just to get back out there because um, I would say towards the end of 2018, 2019, I felt like I was ready to open up my heart again for a possible chapter two. And so, um, so I did some things personally as far as just like working on myself and and really just seeing where I was emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all aspects. And so I felt I was ready. So that's when I just started some different things. <laughs> but yes, online dating has not been that great. Um, and yeah, yeah. so now, I'm, yes, physically trying to get back out there and go to different things and just just get out of my comfort zone a little bit more. For me, you know, I love hosting game nights. So I was, I'm used to having people over and getting to know people, but it's finding or meeting, you know, eligible bachelors, especially professional black men who are um, in, in my area. You know, I'm from Northeast Ohio. So I'm about an hour from Cleveland, hour from Pittsburgh. And um, finding men in this area is really, really tough. Yeah. Um, and then passion oh. for me, <laughs> you know, is I love planning dates. I, I love that. And so I did that, you know, with my friends and family before I met my husband. Um, I'd have ideas and different things like that. And, you know, and then when I met, you know, Chris, I, I, I you know, we were long distance. So um, three hours apart. So when he would come for the weekend, I would have a pretty good weekend planned. And um, I remember one of the things I did was I, I did a whole scavenger hunt for him. And um, it ended up where I did dinner and things like that. And 
um, that was the, his last stop, but that's, that's where I enjoy doing things. So part of me is pursuing that entrepreneur side and that's helping keeping my time. Um, but <laughs> I, I miss the companionship. I miss, you know, him being here. And so trying to do that again at the age of 41 is, um, is different. Um, yes, it is. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is. So hard. <laughs> no I one am, prepared me for this. <laughs> I know. I am 31. And let me tell you, <laughs> they're, they're not all bad, but sometimes you're just like, wow, really? Sometimes mm-hmm. it is a, it is an experience um, with some, with some of the men that you might come across. I'm just like, I just want to be taken out on a date and treated like a person instead of a hanging piece of meat or yes. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just simple Mm -hmm. things. It's like, I'm not asking for much. I'll, we can split this. Um, I just, you, I just want to be treated like a human with thoughts and opinions instead of just, I feel like most guys thoughts at this point are just how quick can I bed her? and nothing Mm -hmm. else matters and it's very frustrating because it's Mm -hmm. like well here I was trying to get to know you but obviously you're not quite at that maturity level yet whether you're 31 41 or 51 um (laughs) it seems to be a common a common theme not that it's every guy but I've I have really dated extensively that doesn't mean I've met all of those people especially during COVID a lot of it was just talking and Mm -hmm. then little red flags just start coming up like crazy so it's been difficult some days I think it might be okay to just be single and myself you know but Mm -hmm. um you know, and maybe that's all right. I, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or a pessimist, but I'm just like, you know, maybe this this is my thing. I would love for someone to come into my life and enrich it, but I definitely can't have someone come into my life and treat me like just a piece of meat to be devoured and then for them to just walk on from. Right, right. And I often say, you know, because <laughs> even sometimes I find myself still getting mad because I'm like, I didn't ask to be here. Like I, I, I didn't, I, I think it's different when like, um, cause divorce is definitely a loss. It's definitely something that you have to process. It's something that, you know, you have to go through, but at the end of the day, for whatever the reason may be, you know, you're no longer with that person. And right. in some aspects, I feel like there's a little bit of a choosing. That's not all the case. Some, you know, some people really wanted it to work and didn't want it to end. But I feel like with, with the loss of a spouse, you truly had no choice. Like there's no coming back to that. There's no rekindling. There's, there's nothing. That person is permanently gone and there's nothing that's going to fill that. And we're not looking to fill that but we are, especially being the fact that we're young, we mm-hmm. do want love. We do want that, you know, another opportunity to give love. And, um, and we're so good at it. 
you know, like yes. I'm like, I was yes. white, I was beyond wifey material. You need dinner, got yes. that. And that's not what it's all about. Let me before I before I have a million messages. <laughs> Being a wife is not just about dinner. I'm just saying wifey level 100 I was there kids all the all the stuff that goes into it the love the planning the parties the event planning the card making the remembering um the support that comes from it in just everyday life we were wifey level 100 and now we got to start back at the beginning and weed out everything I'm not ready for this even when I was younger online dating didn't exist so this mm. online dating thing is definitely, it's definitely perilous, you know, and you can be, you can be lied right. to, stood up, ghosted, all those fun mm-hmm. things. I haven't had all of those things happen to me myself, but in listening to other widows, it is a very challenging situation. But you know, when you meet a widow, it's like, I found that a lot of men seem to be very, very intimidated by a dead man. And I don't know any other mm. way to put it. It's just like, <laughs> no matter what you do he has yes. passed away <laughs> why, why yes. you got pictures up of him uh because i have children and they need to see him you know like i i just that situation is it's it's a difficult and perilous journey that's all i can say right are you with me absolutely i am 100 with you and that is one of the things i literally i i definitely pray about i pray that the person whoever God brings has the compassion to be able to understand and navigate a relationship with myself as a widow. It's not easy. You know, it's not, we're all human. We're all, we all have different things and I get it, but it's not a competition. It, It truly isn't. And we definitely have the capacity to love and, um, and still have a remembrance of our spouse. There's nothing wrong with it. And I truly believe the right person will understand that. Oh, um, I do too. Yeah. So and not tell you one day after like after meeting you, oh well, you need to take all these pictures down. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I've known you for <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Yeah, all the interesting, fun things that come with that. Uh, again, not all men are bad. We've just come across a couple. So, mm-hmm. right. But, uh, yeah, it, it will be nice. I would love to have a father figure for the boys. I would love to just even, and if even if not that, just have a wonderful companion for my life um it would just be wonderful it's not out of it's not completely impossible and we have to be positive and optimistic about it but it is hard when so many men have come before a person and kind of well not even kind of but kind really kind of ruin the experience of dating ahead of a person but I'll give each person a shot open-mindedly Um, and try to see where it goes yes and I mean it's not not that we had you know I had a very amazing husband but even before that you know I've had positive examples of love in my family so my standard has been from 
you know, growing up with my dad, with my uncles, with just pastors in my life. And so I have very positive examples. And then he set a, a excellent standard, but so the standard is not a competition to him. It's, I just know what love looks like. I know what sacrifice looks like from both of us. You know, love is, is an action word. It's not just words, but it's putting into action how you feel about a person. And that's what we're ultimately looking for. Um, the best advice I could probably give to another widow is wherever you're at on your journey, lean into it. Allow yourself to feel however you feel. You know, if it's one day you're screaming, if it's one day you're crying, if it's one day you're laughing, allow it all and truly appreciate the people that are on this journey with you. I know the first year after Chris passed, I had a kind of memorial slash celebration for the people that throughout that year really supported and were there for me. And um, I was very intentional. I did not buy, it wasn't like the people I invited, I literally took the time to write them a letter and had a gift for them because it meant so much. Because in the process of grief, you really see who walks into your life and who walks out of your life. And um, those people who walked into my life were amazing. And I just wanted them to know that I appreciated every time they were there. And so in turn, I always say my house is open. My couch is open for anyone that's ever going through anything. Cause that's the least I can do knowing what I've been through. And that is so wonderful, Janine. Thank you so much for speaking with us today and being, having such a heart for people who are widowed in this day and age and going through the same difficulties that we are. I appreciate your time so much and I can't wait to talk with you again and see you in our support group. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and it was a pleasure talking with you. Join our community. Through our nonprofit, it's free to call, text, email, or chat with a peer volunteer daily. Just visit our website, youngblackwidow.org, 